My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and I host the Scars and Guitars podcast. This is my conversation with Phil Collin. He's a guitarist in a little old band called Def Leppard. It has just been announced that the band are touring Australia in November and that is the reason for the conversation, so let me read out some tour dates quickly. On Friday the 2nd of November they're playing in Perth. Sunday the 4th they're playing in Adelaide. Tuesday the 6th they are playing in Brizzy. Thursday the 8th they're playing in Melbourne. And finally Saturday the 10th the band are playing in Sydney. We talk about a bunch of things, including the tour, so let's hear what Phil has to say. Here we go. Mate, we're here to talk about your tour of Australia, so I'll let you give me a bit of an introduction to things. I mean, I've just read the the press blurb about it all, but it's very exciting what you guys are doing and when you're coming down and who you're coming down with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we haven't been for a while. We're actually going to come down and do the whole Hysteria album uh, in its entirety. Um, plus, we've just released our old catalogue, the whole lot, um, on digital. So you can get it on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, whatever, and uh, Amazon, wherever you get your stuff from. And um, it, it's amazing. We, we actually, we've never toured their Fear album in its, in its entirety. We've we done, we done it in Vegas, and we've we done a, a, a festival in France once where we've done the whole album. But um, mm. that's the only time. So we've never actually toured it. So um, the band continues to get better. we just done a gig in uh, the Albert Hall just about a month ago, and it was probably one of the best shows we've ever done. So, you know, the playing, the singing, everything just keeps getting better. And I, I like that, you know, that's, that's what's inspiring. It's, it's great to be on stage with someone and go, wow, I can't believe we're playing this. It sounds like we're, we're, we're do, with a record, you know. So mm. um, that, that's, everyone keeps kind of pushing, pushing that forward. And that doesn't happen with a lot of bands. They kind of start slipping over the years so it's uh yeah you're right yeah it's, uh, the, the opposite of atrophy you know we we just keep pushing it it's um it's amazing so I'm, I'm really proud of what we do and i'm really excited to see you know how you guys are gonna kind of you know, handle it and actually you know hmm. respond to it really so um that's gonna be great well look i'm, I'm a covers musician and i've got to tell you i've played a few Def leopard tracks over the years but none get a better response than hysteria um, from your tracks, and it's also up there with ACDC in terms of the response it gets, which, as you know, being Australian, ACDC are our rock and roll gods, if you like. So whenever we play Absolutely. Hysteria, yeah. mate, it gets such a wonderful response. So which which track do you think finds get... Which track do you think gets the biggest pop or the biggest response when you perform it from the album? The the most popular song is, is Pour Some Sugar On Me. You know, it's got a, a life oh, yeah. of its own. You know, the album mm. came out, didn't do great, and then... That that was like the fourth single in America, and um, it, it changed everything. And then you know the album went to number one, and you know, went to sold twelve or thirteen million copies in the US. Uh, and then at the end, me, me and Steve Clark, they said, "Well, someone's got to go to Australia and do some promo." And everyone's like, oh, "I'm so tired." So me and Steve went, <laughs> and um, I took my mum. That was one of the conditions. It was like, I, only if I can bring my mum, she can see, you know, my cousins and all that stuff. They yeah. were uh, just outside Sydney. And um, we had the best time ever. It was really cool. And then the album went to number one after that. So it, it worked, whatever we did. And, um, you know, we obviously have a, a really uh, a close soft spot for for Oz and, you know, and, and New Zealand. Actually, I've got a place in New Zealand uh, that I haven't okay. seen for three years. There but, you go. Yeah. Uh, still, still got a place down there. <laughs> so you know, there's there's a real connection. It's a, more than just a colonial thing. It's um, there, there's a, a, a cultural thing that's, that's very similar to, to what we do. Even though I've lived in the states for a good part of thirty years, it's um, you know, there's still that that connection when you get out there that's uh, undeniable, actually. So um, 
yeah, I, I love it. Got a lot of friends out there, and, and it's just going to be a blast. I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to it. And love the weather and everything, even when it gets really stupid hot. Mm. Yeah, we're, I'm in Queensland, so it does get bloody stupid hot here, let me tell you. It's either dry and hot it or does, bloody yeah. humid and hot. <laughs> it's never really in between. So you mentioned somebody there, Steve Clark. I'd like to just have a, a chat about him, if that's okay, because he had his birthday. Well, sure. uh, it was his birthday on the 23rd of April. So, I mean, he's he's now been gone a quarter of a century, I think. Uh, it's, it was certainly approaching a quarter of a century. What are your thoughts on Steve these yeah. days? And I mean, I mean, I, know it's, I don't mean to come across as a cliche, but do you think he's with the band in spirit? Yeah, I do. Oh, absolutely. Um, he was my best friend. Um, I think about him every single day. Um, you know, just amazing. You know, we, we just uh, had, had such a deep connection. Um, hmm. Not just musically, just just everything. You know, it's just just really really cool. And miss him like terrible still. You know. Um, yeah. My son was born. Rory was born like um, just a year before he died. So um, that that's how I kind of gauge how, how long he's been gone. But yeah, I think about him every single day, and and he, he is with the band still. It's like we, we play all these songs. We, you know, put put him up on the screen, and so he, he's there. Nice, he's yeah. absolutely there. He's a, he's a very solid part of the whole thing. And um, you know, we never replaced him. We just got Vivian in the band as as well. So it, it's like we, we just got another another soul in there as well with us. So um, yeah. Viv's great, and and it's it's just all cool. And if Steve was around right now he'd, he'd come back and there'd be three of us and it'd be it'd be great so um yeah and it's it's a uh, it's sad and uh, terrible as what happened um you know I, I have really great memories of steve you know mm. and, and i get to play the songs that you know a lot of songs he wrote and songs i wrote with him and, and stuff so it's that that's that's kind of soothing as well that's that's pretty cool you know Mm, yeah, for sure. And you mentioned your other six-string partner there in um, Vivian Campbell. So probably my favourite album from you guys. I'm probably in the extreme minority here, but I love slang and I love the sounds that you introduced. Oh, great. Now, me too. Great. We all do. Yeah. Thank you. No, we, we all do. And it's um, it was so different. And, you know, we, we really needed to do something against the grain. We've done three albums that were kind of in the same vein, you know, Pyromania, Hysteria mm. and Adrenalize. And Adrenalize, in, in a lot of people's, opinion was a little too uh sh- sugar-coated c- candy-fied you know mm. it's, it's kind of a um and we needed to do something a little darker and a different approach and yeah. slang was the perfect thing you know it's uh i know i love that album Re- really do and i you know outside of hysteria it's, it's one of i think one of the most important albums it was uh awesome. absolutely essential for us you know I'm so glad you feel that way because it's a lot of the time I've listened to Ozzy's slag off The Ultimate Sin a few times and that's his my favourite album from him. And it's always really really interesting to talk to artists about an album that maybe wasn't received that well by the media or by the fans or what have you, but it's a very important album to an individual. Because I think two of your strong, strongest tracks, if you don't mind me saying, are on that album being Truth and also Work It Out. So do you think those two songs... Oh, will, thanks. Yeah, well, I mean, I know, I think he wrote Truth, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, do you think that... Yeah, me and Joe, yeah. Yeah, well, will that be played it when was, you come um, down? Probably not, you know, because we, we only have a certain amount of time and we, we have to play, you know, you have to do your photographs and your, you know, yeah. block of ages and what have you. So um, they they unfortunately get moved. So I know we're, we're promoting the catalogue, so there may be a space where we, we get to do that, but most of it's going to be taken up with the Asteria album. So we, we do that and then that only leaves us kind of half an hour or so. Mm, okay. And so we've we got to really cram it in there. So, um, 
Probably not. We may actually do it in the States, you know, the odd, the odd song here and there, and just may change it up and have a space where we do a, you know, a classic song or, or even a dark track, you know, a deep cut or whatever. Yes. You know? So, uh, yeah, it, it depends. We haven't really figured that one out yet. We know kind of what songs we're going to be playing for the next six months, and we know we're going to be doing an hour of hysteria and we get down there. But for the other half hour, we haven't figured that one out yet. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, another, I mean, you are noted for your musicianship, it must be said, and the, you, you do partner with the excellent Robert DeLeo in Delta Deep. Now, that's a band that I don't think gets anywhere near enough credit for what you guys are doing there. So do you think that Delta Deep will become, you'll become more involved in that as the years progress, or is it just some, something that you're doing on the yeah, side? Oh, yeah. No, I, um, actually, we started the second album, the studio album, actually already recording it, Debbie Blackwell Cooks with me, and... um. Yep. You know, I just done a G3 tour with Joe Satriani and John Petrucci. And, nice. you know, we all done a set each. And then the three of us would get up together and, and jam for half an hour. So I, I actually brought um, Debbie Blackwell Cook and Forrest Robinson from Delta Deep out. Uh, Robert had, had to do SDP stuff, so he couldn't make it. But um, we brought this amazing bass player, uh, um, Craig Martini, who, who played with Paul Gilbert. And just incredible. Sing, great singer and amazing bass player. So we, we actually done a Delta Deep set. Um, and Debbie Blackwell Cook was singing. And then, then we done the jam thing with, with Satriani and Petrucci, and uh, nice. Debbie would sing on that as well. And literally every single night, she would get a stand innovation. So, which was interesting. You know, you're, you're on a guitar tour, and, and it's a, the lead singer is, is actually getting a stand <laughs> innovation every single night. So that was that was great. So it, it made me think we're definitely doing something right. So yeah, Robert would be playing on on the newer stuff. We, I've got about seven or eight songs on the go and they're all at various stages and we're pushing it even further in the same Mm. envelope you know it started as a blues kind of thing and and funk and soul and and rock Uh, and and now we've got this one song it's like heavy metal gospel if you can imagine that it's like hard rock gospel (laughs) it's kind of got all the elements of so we're we're just pushing pushing the the boat out even further I love that uh, yeah it's, it's, it's wonderful well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of a genre that virtually nobody mentions these days, but funk metal, so bands like um, Living Colour and 24-7 Spies, and I could hear a lot of what you guys are doing there and what those guys are doing with their music as well. So being a bass player, and I'm also a guitarist, but primarily my stage instrument's a bass, uh, I love the way that you guys have incorporated so much cool blues. I can hear jazz, I can even hear ragtime, and that was the other thing I could hear... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, now I might have taken this subconsciously from your biography when I read that, but... Def Leppard always had a bit of a, I don't know whether you call it ragtime, but you always had a really good understanding of the intrinsic nature of the blues through your music. Absolutely. I mean, the, the thing, and don't forget, we, we learned most of our stuff from Matt Langer. He's, he's like the ultimate musical encyclopedia. I mean, he really taught me how to play guitar properly. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd come in, and I was playing a certain way, and he'd go, I've tried this, and, and singing, you know, he really taught us all how to sing, and everyone goes... Well, you, you, you kind of sound like you and Joe sound the same. And it's like, well, actually, we both sound like Mutt. And then Brian Adams ends up sounding like Mutt. And then all these other people <laughs> work with him. He kind of has this thing. And, and all the ACDC stuff, you know, you hear him singing on those records. and mm-hmm. You hear him singing on our albums, obviously. Uh, so he, he made such a huge impact on on, on our, you know, yeah, as a musical influence. And um and he's so humble. It's it's just un- incredible, actually, what, what what he did. And um, so we we owe a lot to Matt, and um, it, it's it's really great. So he, he kind of introduced us to a lot of stuff, like even 
rhythmically, what works rhythmically, yeah. and what what works guitar wise, and and how you can you can apply this to this without messing the melody up or the groove. And it always comes back to melody and groove. And and I I still apply that. You know, I just produced the new Tesla album that comes out in September. Right. And um, I just applied everything that that Mark Langer taught me basically and yeah. it always comes back down to that it was groove melody you can't stray too far off of that so uh yeah so that, that that's where all of that comes from really yeah okay that's it's good to be able to get that background on it actually because it always felt like you got a fairly straight ahead beat or rhythm and then reversed it and made it really interesting so to the untrained ear it might come across as i wouldn't say simplistic but it comes across as straightforward but if you're a musician and sit down and try to play along to a lot of your material you realize that there's all these really interesting twists and turns that go into it which is as i say as a covers musician and having played a lot of your material including the track women that's another track that that's got going on exactly what i'm talking about it sounds straight ahead but there's actually a lot of in terms of the way that the drumming particularly the drumming and the percussion has been laid across the rhythmic nature against the guitars Man, it's you can tell that tens of I don't know I don't want to be too um, no, too broad on my You're statement. absolutely right, and it's rare that people even pick up on that. And you're absolutely right. I, I, I'd done a thing with with Mutt actually about five years ago. He was um, mm. working with a Swedish artist, and we were doing what sounded really simplistic and the melodies and everything. What he was having me play on the guitar. First off, I couldn't play it. First off, I'm, I'm trying to. He's going, oh, well, try this one. I'm, I'm doing it. He, he can play it straight off the bat, which is incredible. And then <laughs> um, I finally got it, and it sounds so simple, this track does, but the, some of the guitar parts and that were really complicated. And that I, it's, yeah, that's uh, another thing. And that, what that really does is, is it makes it interesting. It just makes it yeah. sound different to other things. And without getting, um, you know, too over the top with, with that kind of stuff and, and kind of... Uh, losing the melody and, and the groove he actually is, is able to to keep both and uh that, yeah. that's yeah it's pretty genius kind of thing to do so yeah no it's it's it's, it's something he always does it's amazing wicked excuse right. me andrew sorry andrew just a that's a right. reminder thank you no worries well phil i better let you go then it's been awesome to have a chat i mean i've been listening to your stuff since i first picked up adrenalize back in the day so um you know and as i say slang thank you so much for writing slang and thank you so much for saying so many positive things about slang as well because it actually you know it's a record that is close to my heart to be frank with you so good luck on the tour good luck with the rest of your career and thanks so much Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. That was, that was great. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my conversation with Def Leppard's guitarist, Phil Collin. Thanks so much for listening.